This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Caitlin Clark, all-time number one scoring leader in women's basketball. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. CC is fixing his equipment, but they have him on camera on the phone. That's amazing. God, that that is that was actually badass. That was awesome. That was Absolutely. so cool. Coming on air on the cell phone. <laughs> I mean, you sad. never know when an emergency is going to pop was, off and you got to uh, take a call in the middle of the show. It happens. Uh, and your mic is not on now? What is happening here? No, I don't, I don't hear you. I don't understand why my mic is not no, on. No, you're, you're on, CeCe. Don't worry. Smalls Okay, is, come on, Smalls. This is every day, Smalls. No, every uh, day. Wait a minute. No, because she's actually in your seat today. She's in your seat. Maybe use that one. She's so in- it just proves that it's not it's not the mic. It's her. If it's following her from C3 to C2, then it's on Smalls. Testing. One, yeah, two, there you three. go. Okay, Smalls go. trying to be the engineer is an all-time bit here because the microphone, the entire so mic tall. and mic stand is physically bigger than her. So we're, we're having all kind of technical difficulties to start the show. But you know what? It actually tracks Ev. Because when I got in last night, and for those of you that don't know, I'm in South Carolina today visiting my family. When I got in last night, (laughs) I'm getting ready for bed, and all of a sudden I hear this beeping sound. Come to find out, all the smoke detector batteries decide that they're going to conk out at the same time. Oh, the worst. (laughs) And, and, And so I'm searching the house for nine volt batteries, none to be found which means I have to find a 24-hour drugstore to buy 9-volt batteries. Now, I'm in the Carolinas, so needless to say, everything shuts down at 9 o'clock, and it was around 10.30 at night when all of this happened. So I've got to find a 24-hour drugstore, which took forever today, found a drugstore, proceeded to buy the the 9-volt batteries, come to find out 9-volt batteries for a four-pack, Cost $27. I spent $27 for four batteries just to put in the smoke detector. Come back, put the batteries in the smoke detector, all's well that ends well. But I couldn't help but thinking through this whole odyssey, it's 2024. We ain't got a better way to make sure that our smoke detectors are working than nine volt batteries. That's the best we got. <laughs> nine volt batteries that, that we still rocking with something that we was using in the 80s. Like, come on, man. That's the best we got in 2024? Help a brother out. Somebody help your brother out because this is absolutely ridiculous what happened to me last night. Well, there's a few things off of this. First of all, there is nothing more annoying than the idea of the smoke detector constantly going off. When I had a place in Florida back in the day, I think I had a month where I couldn't figure out how to do this. And every day, it was a new beeping sound. I don't know if that means you have to replace it. It's out of batteries, whatever it is. Nine volt in general, very tricky. I would say the most common batteries, double A. Like, you could find double A anywhere you go. Triple A. Triple A is less common. Nine volt, you can't find. Nine, nine volt is almost like you don't, it doesn't even exist, a nine volt battery. <laughs> and you're right. Like, these smoke detector companies make it a little bit easier. I don't understand. Can't we make it wireless? You charge you put it up there and then it has a nice little like light or kind of small beep it doesn't have to be over and over again and i get it's a safety thing but it drives you crazy the other thing i was thinking about you specifically at six foot eight when changing the um the fire detector the smoke detector 
Do you have to stand on a ladder, or can you just reach the ceiling without actually standing on anything? No, I got to stand on a ladder. I get a little oh, chair wow. ladder, though. It's not It's not like a painter's ladder. Right. That's a full story. It's a chair ladder. It's like got three or four steps on it and stand on that and change the smoke detector. But here's the thing. I mean, it's like the smoke detectors decided they want to be a damn ventriloquist because you don't know which ones it is. It's like one will beep, then it won't beep for a while, then you'll hear another one beep. So I'm just trying to figure out which smoke detector is actually on the fritz. And it, you know what? I said to hell with it. I'm going to change all of them so I don't have to worry about it. Right. So should we expect <laughs> at any given point, it's just a warning for the next four hours, that at any given point we could have an added beeping sound effect during this show. This, it is, could the, happen. this is the preemptive strike. <laughs> it, it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. I might, I might have to fly Smalls down here and see if she can help me out. I wouldn't. My she has right. seven microphones, I think, in front of her right now. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm on the case. She has seven mics. Her internet's not working. She is unbelievable what's going on just here. My computer may die at any moment. I haven't plugged it in yet. We're just thriving over here on a Friday. All right. <laughs> anyway. All right. So be aware. That is your warning that um, nine volt batteries are going out of, out of style and that we could have a smoke detector at any point during the four hours of unsportsmanlike. I also, by yeah. the way, I think that there is something. We could have a stumbled upon a billion dollar baby. We should have smoke detectors that are charged like your Apple Watch, CC, where you just rest it on, on that pad and it charges it right up. I'm with you a thousand percent. Why can't the smoke detector be hooked into the, 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 the power in the house? I don't understand. We got to figure I, this out. It doesn't the, make any sense to me. This seems like know. a financial opportunity for us. Uh, mm, just, wait a minute. You just like said something. Be. You're saying it's like wired into the home. Yeah, just You're like right. my lights. Yeah. Just like my overhead lights. Why not? Seems like it would make sense. Mm. Mm. Probably can be, and none of us have any idea that that actually can <laughs> that's happen. That's probably true. That's I mean, probably, there's, true. <laughs> probably, probably every true, house yeah. in America has that, but exactly. ours. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm the last one. I'm that guy. <laughs> uh, well, by the way, I had a smoke detector issue the other day as well. My daughter slammed the door into her bedroom, and the smoke detector fell off. Oh and um, so now, when we put the alarm on, it's well, smoke detector issue. Yeah, I get it because I have a seven year old who slams a door every so often, and now I have a smoke detector issue. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, ladies and gentlemen, with kids. Because now sometimes they bring you smoke detector issues. Anyway. All right. Last night, Caitlin Clark just does what she does, which is play basketball better than anyone arguably ever. She scored the first eight points of the game. She breaks the record for all-time D1 women's points, women's scoring. On a 35-foot logo three, she scored 49 points, had 13 assists for the game. She was unbelievable. It was the most unbelievable shot to set a record maybe you'll ever see in your life. We've seen all kinds of records set, but what Caitlin Clark did, and she's like, yeah, I'm just going to pull up from near half-court logo, insane. And she spoke about it, the Iowa Guard postgame. I don't know if you can really script it any better. And just to do it in this fashion, I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful to be surrounded by so many people that have kind of been my foundation and everything that I've done since I was a young little girl. And I started crying watching that video just because I'm just filled with so much gratitude and love. And the way the fa- these fans support women's basketball is so much special. Is so special. And you all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. I mean, just saying it that way is, is awesome. Holly Rose spoke uh, on Game Night, Game Night last night, of course, great reporter on ESPN Radio, about the star power that Caitlin Clark, the all-time leading scorer in D1 women's basketball, now has. I think she's the biggest star in basketball right now. In all of college basketball, she is the biggest star. And why I say that is, like, the Wall Street Journal, CNN, NBC News, like, there is mainstream 
national network media here covering this game tonight. I, I just haven't seen anything like this since maybe UConn was going for their record streak, you know, when they were at 111 uh, game winning streak. Some of Gino's records I can remember press like this, but not for a single player. I, I really don't ever remember a national intrigue like we're seeing. I mean, the Today Show is doing stuff on her. It's becoming mainstream media, and this is a woman in sports as a mainstream media person in college basketball. I just think it's unprecedented. Guys, I think Holly Rowe, with all respect to Holly, who's a phenomenal reporter, undersold her. <laughs> I think I think it's blatantly obvious that Caitlin Clark is the biggest star in college basketball right now. I think most people probably can't even name men's college basketball players. I'd argue she's the biggest star in collegiate sports, men's or women, and I think she's one of the biggest stars over the last decade in college sports. That's how big I think she is. Yeah, Caitlin Clark is absolutely huge, Ev. And the great thing about where women's sports is now is that they're the beneficiaries of NIL in a way that we just haven't seen um, in, in years past but just because of how big the sport has gotten, right? The, people have become more familiar with the stars in women's sports, and they've been able to monetize that. And I think that's important in terms of the overall growth of the game. Um, being able to get more eyeballs on it. So so Caitlin Clark has certainly been at the forefront of that. But then also just thinking about how it's become a spectacle with her doing what she does, right? The logo three-pointers, being able to score at a high clip. She scored 49 points last night, but she scored or assisted on 79 of the buckets that the Iowa, uh, Iowa Hawkeyes had. So, I mean, it's just it's amazing to see how dominant she's been and how that's translated to the overall growth of the sport. So – Tip of the cap to her, but then also just looking at how far the woman's game has come in just a short period of time. I mean, go back to 2021 when you had Oregon forward Sedona Prince complaining about the facilities down in San Antonio for the NCAA tournament in comparison to what the men had in Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament, what the weight room looked like, what the training room looked like. There was a disparity when it came to the facilities and how the NCAA as a whole was treating women's sports. And I think now you've seen a dramatic shift in terms of how they've prioritized it and overall how fans have embraced it. So I'm glad to see that Caitlin Clark is is continuing to break records and make history. Uh, but, But looking at the impact that she is having overall on the game and the growth of women's sports, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, she's a transcendent person. She's a transcendent figure in sports, in women's sports. And it's a real privilege to get to watch her play. She's absolutely spectacular. But I I just can't get over the star factor that she has. It's not just that she's breaking these records. It's not just that she's an amazing player and that she's a great representative of the game on and off the court. It's that she does it with such flair she does it with such drama and that's one of the things that we love about sports we love the intrigue and we love star power and Caitlin Clark is an absolute star and now she's going for other records too to think that she's 99 points away from Pete Maravich's uh most points in division one history men's or women she's 99 points away from that and so we are uh, all going to continue to be tuned into the Caitlin Clark show that's for sure I'm just curious how many People in college sports over the last decade or so, would we say definitively at the time they were in college were bigger stars than Caitlin Clark in college, right? Not what they became in the pros, but I'm saying while they were in college, right? Because Caleb Williams, let's just say, this is going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. 
He's a huge star. I don't think he's bigger than Caitlin Clark. No, I think college football is. And I think it also has to be pointed out. The historical powers of college basketball on the women's side, UConn, Gino Oriema, the late great Pat Summit, Tennessee, what LSU's become a Kim Mulkey now, Angel Reese, Don Staley at South Carolina. Don yeah. Staley at South Carolina. Absolutely. Guess what? Caitlin Clark doesn't play for any of those schools, yeah. right? Yeah. She's she's totally different. She doesn't fit in that category of Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird or Rebecca Lobo, these all-time great players that played for Shamika Holtzclaw, like, who played for the Powers. She plays for Iowa, which I'm not downgrading Iowa. It's just not one of the Powers. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Telephone number to join the show. Curious how many people out there would say that Person X, men's or women's, over the last decade or so in college sports would be a bigger star, a bigger star while in college than Caitlin Clark. There aren't many examples. We will get some answers on that coming up. Plus, some people are on their way to Cabo. We'll explain what that means next. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. By the way, I am happily stunned that the two of you, CC and Smalls, when I just said, I think Caitlin Clark, bigger star in college than Caleb Williams, both of you said, like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I think that's pretty awesome. Because, CC, I thought maybe we were going to go down the path of, well, we got to look at Caleb Williams' number one pick, Heisman. But you absolutely believe Caitlin Clark, bigger star than, than Caleb Williams in college. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Caitlin Clark, first of all, let's start about her being homegrown from Iowa, growing up and playing basketball, but then being there for as long as she has and being in the spotlight and having postseason success, I think that's familiarized the country with her in a way that Caleb Williams could never see. I mean, with the college football bowl season, it's it's a one-game sample size. But when it comes to the NCAA tournament, you're seeing these athletes on the biggest stage, and it's week in, week out for about the better part of the month. So I think that that – uh, p- that platform being able to, you know, become that household name because of March Madness, because of the NCAA tournament, propels Caitlin Clark in a way 
that you just couldn't see when it comes to college football players. I mean, not to take anything away from it because college football right now is bigger in this country than women's basketball, but yeah. in terms of the association and, and the familiarity with the athlete, I think that's what takes it to another level when you have a star like Caitlin Clark who dominates women's basketball. Yeah, I agree. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think dominates the key word because we've been following her along this journey, and it's just her name. It's, it's like the brand awareness, I think, of Caitlin Clark is higher than any other athlete in college sports like we associate her with her sport we know her name it transcends her sport so yeah i think that she's by far the biggest star in college sports right now all right let's get some phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 is there a bigger star that we would say while in college that's the key right we're not going to say oh patrick mahomes well patrick mahomes at texas tech was not a bigger star than caitlin clark Mm -hmm. we know he is now obviously but not while at texas tech bigger star let's say last decade or so in college than caitlin clark barry in virginia listening on 90 94.1. What's up, Barry? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm actually, I think Johnny Manziel. That's a good Tim one. Tebow. That's a good one. Yeah, those are good ones. But also, I'm a firefighter here in Virginia. And just to let y'all know, they are wired in in some homes with smoke detectors. Oh. And then all my time, unfortunately, nine volts are as good as it gets. Oh, man. Wow. All right. So you did. You gave us half an answer for CC that he can get it wired in the smoke detector. But if he doesn't, then it is the, the nine, nine volts still lives, baby. The nine volt battery is still if, if alive. I'm not mistaken what he said. Ed. He said the nine volt is, is better than the ones that are wired in. Is that what he was trying oh, to say? Oh, is that what he was saying? I don't know. Well, he oh. did say it's about as good as it gets. Oh, that yeah, stinks. He said it's about as good as it gets. Yeah. That makes matters worse. Uh, but Johnny Manziel was a huge star in college, obviously. Oh, yeah. Tebow. Yeah. See, Caitlin Clark is a star for all the right reasons. Johnny Manziel at times was not a star for the right reason. He was a phenomenal player, don't get me wrong. But at times, and he, I think he'd be the first one to admit this now, was not a star for the right reasons that, like Tebow was. You know? Yeah, but he beat Bama though. Yeah, he did. Like Johnny, John, Johnny yeah. Manziel, like Johnny Manziel on, like he was a star. I mean, first no of all, it's it's football in Texas. That's next level. But then at a program like A and M, and when you have that kind of success, when your program just makes the jump to the SEC, Johnny Manziel was a huge star. That's a that's a nice pull by that caller. Zion Williamson. I mean, he was a huge star, but it but he was only there for a year at Duke. Right. So sure I mean, lived. it's just I I I don't. I don't know that we've seen anything quite quite like what we're seeing from Caitlin Clark. I mean, Chris Carlin tells the story because you know he does play-by-play for Rutgers Sports on the radio, and, and he said that when Caitlin Clark came to Piscataway, it was $500 to get in the building to watch the, the, the Lady Iowa Hawkeyes. It was $500 to get in the building because everybody wanted to see the greatness of Caitlin Clark. That's how far, you know, the women's sports has come, but that's how far that Caitlin Clark has, has, has pushed it. She is moving the needle when it comes to the overall profile of women's college basketball. When her career is all said and done, I would love to know the financial impact that just Caitlin Clark made. On, yeah. on college basketball. I would just love to know, when you said people are paying $500 to get in the door, I wonder for her entire collegiate career what her economic impact was, just her. And when we talk about Johnny Manziel, he was a star and he, he was a very good player, but he had a celebrity factor about him that I think is different. You know, he was with Drake and he, TMZ is following him around, whereas Caitlin Clark, I feel like, is just a star for what she does in basketball. Sean in Phoenix, listening on 98.7. What's up, Sean? 
Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Um, I would have to agree. Tim Tebow is the only one that really can compare. I think Kalen Clark's on a completely different level. But while I was on hold, another name popped in my mind. What about the Boz? Brian Bosworth. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not within the last yeah. decade. But Brian Bosworth was a huge star. Yeah. But Brian Bosworth, when he was at Oklahoma, linebacker for those who are not aware, and then became an actor after that as well. Um, there wasn't social media. There weren't as many platforms to capitalize on the stardom. But can we just put something in perspective? What just happened? He said Tim Tebow is the only one that can compare. Think about the level of compliment that is to Caitlin Clark because Tim Tebow walks into a sport that is enormous in college football, right? College college football could have no-name players all across the board, and it's still going to be the second biggest sport behind the NFL. And what we're saying is that Caitlin Clark in women's basketball, to her credit, has elevated to Tebow status? That's remarkable. Jarvis in Chicago listening on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jarvis? Good morning. First time caller. I listen or watch you all every morning. Thank you. Um, I, I like. I, I wanted to say, you know, not only what she's doing is remarkable, but you just watch when she gets to the WNBA games. A lot of these cities that's not selling out, like here in Chicago, the Chicago Sky Games don't always sell out. But when she hits town, she she she's gonna sell out. But she's just as big, if not bigger, than when Zion Williamson came out. And when it comes to just female athletes, the last female athlete that I can remember, and this has nothing to do with basketball, I mean, that was a phenomenon, was Mia Hamm, the soccer player. Mm-hmm. It is greatly appreciative to see these women finally getting their platform. I hope that we continue to put them on the spotlight in which they deserve. I want to tell you all, you all have an excellent show. I'm looking forward to I look forward to it every morning. And I must continue to sit back and listen to you all. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jarvis. And what a great point, because when I was growing up, Mia Hamm was my idol. My Mm. entire room had Mia Hamm posters. I used the Herbal Essences green shampoo because Mia Hamm (laughs) did, too. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be her. I played soccer, and I idolized her. And Jarvis brings up an amazing point. Think about when Caitlin Clark goes to the WNBA and how many people are going to be packing those arenas because they want to be in her presence. They, They want to witness her greatness. And think about how many little girls will be tuned into the WNBA because they want to watch Caitlin Clark. She has that magnetic pull about her and it's only going to continue to grow and I think it's it's just so remarkable the impact that one singular person is having on women's sports. And you know what it is, Smalls? The other part that takes it to the next level is when the other stars around basketball start chiming in. Yes. Like Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell. Like everybody Steph giving Curry. her shout outs for passing um, for passing Kelsey Plume and and, and, and and actually, you know, shouting her out, calling her big time, calling her superstar like that, that that only serves to raise the profile that Caitlin Clark already has, which is huge. And so I think it's great for the overall game. You know, you talk about, you know, the casual you know, sports fans dialing in to, to, to check out Caitlin Clark. But then when you actually have stars around the NBA that are watching what she does as well, it, it puts in perspective just how big she's become. We will continue that Caitlin Clark conversation coming up. A reminder, college basketball action tomorrow, Alabama, Texas A&M, presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at 1130 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Speaking of stars, one NBA analyst thinks CeCe's NBA team is going to get another star coming up. (laughs) Plus, yes, there may be people who were playing in an NBA game last night that their coach thinks were actually in Cabo while playing in the game. Huh? We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsman Like, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. LeBron has done a phenomenal job over the course of his career at bringing stars with him wherever he goes. Could there be another one on the way next year? Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, was on the Stephen A. Smith show and first off gave the information about LeBron's commitment to the Lakers. He's committed to the Lakers. I mean, Jeannie has been an incredible partner for him and us, and I think it's important for that to be understood and to be respected. Obviously, you know, there's ups and downs and emotions throughout the course of a season, but ultimately, you know, LeBron's committed to the Lakers. So, okay, well, by the way, that, I don't want to understate how important that actually is because in Cleveland and even in Miami, he never really publicly came out and said, I'm in partnership with the organizations. There was always like a versus with the organization. Like, hey, you better do this or I'm out of here. With the Lakers, to his credit, they do feel like they're more partners. Now, here's where it gets even juicier, though. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, was on Carlin versus Joe Noon until 3 Eastern time here on ESPN Radio and had this to say about the Lakers moving forward. Somebody's on their way. You just wait till this offseason. The Lakers will land another superstar caliber player now you know this is coming from my sources okay <laughs> this is my sources speaking here from big perk but i can't drop any i can't drop the name because you know it's a trust factor there right but mm-hmm. the lakers if they just be patient they could they're gonna add another superstar caliber player alongside lebron james and anthony davis this upcoming offseason well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another round of reckless speculation here on Unsportsmanlike. So who do we think that other superstar is going to be? I perk, by the way, adds, that's way more reckless speculation than we've ever had. Just guaranteeing a superstar will be there. Who is the superstar? Cece, we'll start with you. This is your team that you love, the Los Angeles Lakers. Who is Perk talking about? I want it to be Donovan Mitchell so bad. I want Spider Mitchell in a Lakers uniform. I mean, it just makes so much sense. He's 28 years old. I mean, he's got a couple of years remaining on his contract, but there's that player option that's looming out there that allows him to kind of exercise some 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 leverage 
over the Cleveland Cavaliers in terms of his pre-agency. And that's what we have to start calling it now in the NBA, right? Because stars don't get the free agency. They sign their contracts, but they, they always dictate to where they want to go. And so when you start seeing them get to the last couple of years of their contract, the speculation starts to tick up. And Donovan Mitchell was clear uh, uh, after you know he left Utah that Cleveland wasn't his final stop in his NBA career. So I wanted to be Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I, I think the Lakers will have more assets that they can trade this summer. Right now, it's only one first-round draft pick that they could have traded at the trade deadline last week. That jumps up to three this summer. So it was just the hopes that with the contracts that they have uh, for players on the roster that are tradable and in those draft picks, that they could potentially land a star like Donovan Mitchell, get him from the Cleveland Cavaliers to form a big three in Tinseltown. Small, reckless speculation. Who is the superstar that that Perk is talking about? You're weirdly good at that. You're weirdly good with that Thank voice. You. I saw a lot of speculation online yesterday yesterday that it could potentially be Trey Young. Juicy. Okay, so here's the thing with Trey Young. I think the Hawks want a reason to have to trade him. I almost think it's one of these scenarios where the Hawks' dream scenario, they'll never admit it, is him coming to them saying, I want out. Like, oh, you sure? Yep, I want to go somewhere. Okay. Like, I, I kind of feel like, hey, we tried this. We tried this mini Steph Curry thing. Didn't work out. We don't have the rest of the Warriors here with you. And, yeah, we're going to move on from you. I think that's an interesting one. Now, CeCe, would you want him? Would you want Trey Young knowing that it's a, you know, he's phenomenal offensively. He ain't playing defense for your team. Would you want Trey Young as this other superstar that Perk is talking about? Man, it just hasn't worked out in Atlanta for Trey Young, and I'm not going to sit here and put all the blame on him, but they, they, they go through hiring and firing a coach seemingly every other month. I, I, don't, I don't know that that's necessarily where the Lakers need to live. I think he got more proof of concept with Donovan Mitchell, which is why I would lean in that direction. The, the reckless speculation star caliber player that I think that Perkins is talking about is the point guard for the Mavericks. I think it's Irving. I think that's where oh. that's that's where I think if you connect dots, they were on the same team right at one point with the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken. There, there's connections. He he's been fine this year in terms of when he plays. He just doesn't play often. There's all kinds of speculation about like who does Luca want to play with? Who can play with Luca? And there's always that speculation about LeBron and Kyrie. That's where I go in terms of my mind goes to Kyrie. All right, CC, as a Laker fan, would you want Kyrie Irving on your team? Hell no. <laughs> Good for I mean, you. Good if, for you. If, if you're making a move like that, it's about trying to compete for a championship. Can you depend on Kyrie? Nope. At this stage in his career, after nope. what we saw in Boston, what we saw in Brooklyn, what we've seen in Dallas, like, do, do you really want to be in a position where you got to depend on Kyrie? No. And for the Lakers, I, I think they need to have a forward-thinking mentality. It's about winning now, but it's also setting yourself up to win for the future. When LeBron James steps away to have a one-two punch with Spider Mitchell and Anthony Davis, that's pretty damn good. You're not going to have a whole lot of fall-off in terms of your ability to continue to contend in the Western Conference. So, to me, being able to bring over 28-year-old Donovan Mitchell makes all the sense in the world, especially if Donovan Mitchell forces the Cavs' hands by letting them know that he's not going to resign with them this summer long term. Like, just to make sure that everybody in Cleveland knows there won't be an extension and next year would be his last year. I think that's ultimately how it ends up going down. And here's the thing we have to remember with the mechanics of something like this. With LeBron James letting his attentions be known that he's going to opt out and sign a long-term deal, 
all of a sudden you're now forced into trying to trade in order to be able to fit another max level contract into your salary cap. And so I, I just think that that's, that's by far and away the, 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 the most obvious path for the Lakers. They're going to have to trade for a star. It's not going to be a guy signing in free agency. So people thinking that Paul George is going to opt out and sign there, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is a situation where they're going to trade for somebody this summer. So the other story from last night, guys, in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks lost again, this time to the Memphis Grizzlies. And, and by the way, Marcus Saul, Mike Conley, uh, John Morant, they didn't play, right? So this is not your Memphis Grizzlies that you're aware of. These have players' offense that you've never heard of on the team, okay, that you've literally never heard of. And the Bucks lose 113-110. And after the game, Doc Rivers had this to say, head coach of the Bucks, who's 3-7 and seven with the team, had this to say about his team. First play, we gamble for the 50th time in the corner. Guy drives. Uh, we have to help. Leads to a three. We come back in this, on our set. Two guys forget what we're running. Then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. We had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. Some guys here and some guys in Cabo. Wow. Now, a reminder, this is the same Doc Rivers who had this to say on February 4th when he found out he was coaching the All-Star game. That is ridiculously bad. Uh, it, it really is. Um, well, Adrian's going to get some money, that's for sure, and a ring. Um, you know, it's one of these quirky things. I think there should be a rule somehow that someone else does it <laughs> other than me. Maybe I'll send my staff and I'll go on vacation. Mm, like maybe to Cabo? I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, I have a crazy thought for you guys, but I want to throw this mm. out there about Doc Rivers because I've really been thinking about this. They're 3-7 and seven since he took over. He has said he wouldn't wish this situation on anyone. Is it ridiculous and crazy to think at some point here Doc could say, why did I take this job? You know what? I'm going home. I'm going back to ESPN and ABC. I'm going to go call games. I don't know why I did it this way. It just it makes no sense for me to try to implement my system in season. This was a mistake. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm going home. Is that absurd to say that maybe Doc Rivers has that thought at some point here? No, it's not absurd to say. I mean, uh, uh, certainly it, it hasn't worked out. Now, they had all the ingredients, or so we thought, for a team that can contend for a championship but the coaches haven't been able to put it together. It hadn't been able to get it done with Adrian Griffin. You weren't able to get it done with Joe Prunty. And now Doc Rivers is just the next in line to take a crack at it over the last several months. I don't see this thing getting any better post-All-Star break for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that raises a lot of questions beyond just what happens with Doc Rivers. Whether Doc Rivers decides to step aside if things collapse or if they decide that they want to move in a different direction and fire Doc Rivers at the end of the season, I don't know what ends up happening but the biggest question around the Milwaukee Bucks is what happens with Giannis moving forward? And I get that he signed the contract extension. I get that the organization was aggressive in getting another star to come play alongside him. But what happens if this team falls on its face? What happens if they continue to slide in the standings? What happens if they don't even sniff the conference, conference, champ, uh, conference finals or, or the NBA finals? I think it's on the board – for Giannis to apply more pressure to the organization, to surround him with more talent, or Giannis applying pressure for the organization to move him. I think that's how bad things could potentially get post-All-Star break for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that I could certainly see. I don't know if I see Doc walking away, though, not because it 
might not be a mess and he might not be thinking about it, but just because these coaches are built differently, just because this is who they are and the allure of the game is really intoxicating. I think if he was really done with it and wanted to stay working with us and talking about games, he would have done that. But the thought of being able to get back into the NBA and work with this talent, I think is probably too big of a pull for him to say no. But here's where I'll combine our thoughts into one on this one. You're right. These these guys are made up differently. They want to coach, whatever. And the lore of coaching a guy like Giannis is so unbelievable. But as CC pointed out, is it that crazy to think that that lore goes away after this season? That the team he's signing up for of Giannis and Dame and Middleton may look different after this season? Like you may not be, you may be the cause of the reason as to why the team doesn't look the same moving forward. And then it's like, why did I take this job in the first place? They're a mess. They're three and seven under Doc. They got the All Star break. He's saying his guys are already in Cabo, and yet he's. Also talking about going on vacation during the All-Star break. That is a messy situation going on in Milwaukee right now. And I just just throw it out there. The idea of could Doc realize, eh, why, why did I do this? This makes no sense. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Get him, Gronk. There you go. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. So it's out. It is officially out. Couple of episodes. Patriots Dynasty. Apple <laughs> Plus is out. The docu-series, a 10-part docu-series on the dynasty that was... The New England Patriots. And now everybody is asking the question as to whether or not this is going to change your viewpoint of the last 20 years on them. And as a Pats fan, I don't understand how it could change people's viewpoint. But I'm curious. Obviously, we have not seen it all yet. But do you guys think it could change your viewpoint of the last 20 years in New England? Oh, yeah, definitely. It could take some more to shine off of Bill Belichick if the Brady Championship in Tampa didn't already do that. And, and and watching and listening to some of the things that this 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 article tries to illustrate and outline, I, I I'm like I, I'm surprised that none of it bubbled up to the surface uh, before it was time for Brady to actually leave the organization. At the end of it, Brady still seemed like he was amenable to staying. They, they, all he wanted them to do was offer him a two year, fifty million dollar contract. And Belichick drew the line in the sand. But if you if you take the article at face value, I mean, this thing goes back to the Jimmy Garoppolo. It also goes back to Super Bowl 52 when they benched Malcolm Butler and then Nick Foles and the Eagles 
passing attack proceeded to light up that Patriots secondary. Like this is this is really really deep. Some deep fissures and, and, and some hurt feelings and all of it. And and certainly, I think it can take away from some of the luster, some of the shine that we've seen with Bill Belichick because of the six championships. I, I think it has the ability to be able to do that. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to improve Bill Belichick's chances of getting a job. Well, let's put it that way, because everything that you're reading about this, it really dives deep into the relationship with Brady and Belichick, specifically, as you mentioned, CeCe, the fissures that existed about how miserable a lot of the Patriots players were being in that system, being in that building. I mean, just some of the excerpts that I've been hearing about is Rob Gronkowski sitting in his car saying he doesn't want to get out of the car to go in to go to work, talking about how bad it had gotten between Brady and Belichick at the end. And I just think... We've seen so many examples of how different athletes are today and how maybe the coaching style has to be different, maybe more individualized, or at least there has to be a little bit more of a sensitivity chip. And I think after watching this documentary and really getting a deep dive into what made the Patriots dynasty what it is, I think it's going to be a big microscope on the Bill Belichick coaching style. And I don't know if it's going to be in such a positive light, and I don't know if organizations are going to want to implement that, especially on such a a short-term deal, because you know you're probably not going to get a long runway with Bill Belichick if you bring him in. See, I don't think it's going to change our viewpoint that much because I think we all know that the owner of the team was the referee. The coach of the team wanted it one way. The play, the star player, the quarterback, ultimate, ultimately, not always, but ultimately wanted it another way. And I think we all know that now. And I think that, CeCe, you have a saying that I don't know if you heard it from a coach or it's yours, but I, help me with this. Something along the lines of the job of a coach or a leader is to get people to do things they don't want to do now to improve their success later, something like that. And yeah, I, make it, making men do what they don't want to so they can become what they want to become. And that's I think that's Tom Coughlin. And, and they probably then, both coaches probably learned it from Parcells, if I had to guess. But that's what New England was for 20 years, right? I mean, that's kind of what it was. And I don't know, you you know better than we would, if players could graduate out of that, right? Does a guy like Brady graduate out of that? Does Gronk graduate out of that mentality? And I think with Belichick, I said his name, Belichick, um, I don't think that he ever let anyone graduate out of that. And that's who he was and who he is. And six Super Bowls later, it's proven to work. It just may not be for everyone. I, yeah, but I mean, you're you're saying that it's proven to work. Who's to say whether or not they wouldn't have been able to win some more championships had Belichick been able to embrace open and honest dialogue with Tom Brady? Mm. That's the part that, that that's shocking to me. Like, we keep talking about Belichick and the culture. Well, Brady took that culture, microwaved it in Tampa in a COVID year, and won a championship. Like, that, that's the thing. Like, when you go back to Super Bowl 52, Bill Belichick's trying to prove a point, benching Malcolm Butler, and guess what? Nick Foles lights their asses up. That's a problem. Like, like if you're Tom Brady, you feel a way about that because that decision is not made in a vacuum, and it could have potentially cost you an opportunity to add another ring to your resume. Those are the types of things that bother you. The personnel decisions at the end of of Tom Brady's career in New England. Some of the things that he wanted, some of the things that Bill Belichick didn't give him. Think about the receiving core that he was trying to work with. It was absolutely abysmal. Brady made it work because he's the greatest quarterback, greatest player of all time. But I, but I do think that it, it definitely it definitely takes something a little takes a little bit away from Bill Belichick in terms of the overall success that they were able to have and who's more responsible for it. And, and the part 
that I think can't be glossed over is that Bill Belichick was not only the head coach, but he was also the one that was buying the groceries. He was the general manager. And when you think about some of the complaints that Tom Brady has had throughout the years is that he didn't have the horsepower, he didn't have the talent around him to allow him to have the kind of sustained success that he was looking for. It's it's juicier for us always in any sports story or any story in general to pick out the negative versus the positive. And we seem to – I don't mean anybody on this show. I'm just saying in general. We seem to ignore all the positives that are said. Like Brady has been over Nobody's the ignoring the positives, F. They won six Super Bowls and went to nine. I think, right. I think we <laughs> Nobody's ignore ignoring the positives. No, but I, I think we ignore the positive words, honestly. I think Brady and Gronk and Edelman, all these guys have been – Moss on our own network has been over the top. Teddy Bruschi in support of Belichick. I think Danny Amendola, former wide receiver – actually said it best. He said, we worked for Bill and we played for Tom. I think that I don't know how you could say it better than that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Tom Brady was the leader of the team. He was the one that got them in many ways to do things that maybe they didn't want to do and carried out this Belichick system better than anyone ever has carried out a system in history that includes Mahomes with Reed and that includes Montana with Walsh. That's how great Brady was, and Brady's more of a reason than Belichick. That's obvious, and Belichick will be the first to tell you that because he says what you say, CeCe, which is players win games and coaches lose games. I think that's what it is. I think what Amendola said is perfect. They worked for Belichick and played for Tom. And I think that's what it was for 20 years. And this dynasty or this documentary is going to be fascinating. You brought up something that I hope they get into, by the way. I don't know that anybody actually knows the real reason why Malcolm Butler was benched, right? At least publicly. Yeah, but Bill Belichick didn't want to get into it when when the reporter pressed him on it, the person that's doing a documentary. And, and – and that's the thing. Like, they, they, they don't want to do a deep dive into it, but it's clearly a sore spot that 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 continues to fester. And, and that's the thing. I, I think this documentary will shed a lot of light on all of those issues, and I don't think Bill Belichick is going to come out smelling like roses after we watch it. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.